So I'm not sure as you see um, me, the head of school, come up and be your chapel speaker today. If you're like, sweet, I love when Mr. Beckerine leads chapel. If you're like, ah, really, him? Um, But I want to tell you guys that uh, I feel so privileged and honored to, to be able to speak to you as a student body at least once a year here in this space that we call Encounter. Um, and I'm hopeful that what I share with you today is, is an encouragement, um, a reminder, a, a calling to how we can, collectively can, can love one another best. That would be my, my desire for you. Um, before I, I jump in, I do want to just say that um, I really appreciate you guys, care about you, and I was reminded of that um, just yesterday when, if you notice, we had some guests on campus. We had uh, two organizations, ACSI, CISA, those names might mean, mean nothing to you, but they're, they're other Christian school leaders that came on campus to basically look at our school um, and kind of unpack our, how are we doing as a school? And a big piece of that is talking to students. They got to talk to students. They got to observe you guys. And from what they could gather in two short days, they were really impressed. Right? And I understand that in two short days, they don't get to see everything, get to know you. But these people spend time in Christian schools. That's what they do day in and day out. So they understand that the students who go to Christian schools are far from perfect. And the staff that work in Christian schools are far from perfect. Their experience with you guys was one of, like, we really are impressed with your students um, and just really encouraged by them. So I was encouraged by that. Um, It makes me grateful for you guys. Uh, I hope you're encouraged by that. I know that the the faculty and staff, um, we all are are grateful that you guys... um, you know, show us love in return. Um, and, and for the most part, I think, desire to, to do life with us here. So that's uh, something I'm thankful for. So let's pray and I'll start. Father, thank you for these students. Thank you that you've placed me and the other adults in this space in their lives. What an honor. What a blessing. And, and I pray for them, God. I pray for them to be encouraged, equipped, uh, strengthened in faith so that they would serve would serve you well. In Jesus' name, amen. So I mentioned I, I get to do this once a year. By the way, this is really cool. I, Mr. Whiff said this was stable, so I'm going to come out here a little closer. That was kind of scary, wasn't it? Um, I get to do this once a year, and I talk about different things. I don't know if you guys remember anything I've talked about in previous years, but But I know that each time when I think about what do I want to share with the students, I'm always directed towards how are we doing loving each other? How is that going in our community? And I'm almost always directed back to this passage from the Gospel of John where where Christ is talking. Frankly, this happens right before he tells Peter, you're going to deny me three times. Right before that, 
Jesus is saying, I'm, I'm going to leave. They don't really know what he means. I'm going to go somewhere. You can't come with me now. You'll get to go with me later. And, and they're, they're pretty confused by that. But he says, I have a new command for you. That command is to love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It's not a suggestion. It's not a, here's what I hope for you guys. It's a, if you follow me, if you're my disciple, then you must, you must love one another. And I firmly believe this was not simply a command for the the apostles that were hearing Jesus say it. This is a command for all people who want to follow Christ. It's a command to you and it's a command to me to love one another. Um, and I would say one of the best parts of my job being in a Christian high school is seeing you guys do that well. Watching young people care for each other, build each other up, encourage each other, and, and love each other. And probably the worst part of my job is when we really don't do that well as a community. Probably the worst part of my job is, is seeing and hearing ways in which we as, as God's people actually tear each other apart. And, and I'm not just talking about students. It's the adults that do it at times as well. And so my heart is that we would just, we would just take Christ seriously in this work. You guys remember Caleb Bislow? He was our speaker for um, Spiritual Emphasis Week and Caleb's this guy, if you don't remember, that he goes all over the world to some very remote, dangerous, crazy places to share the gospel with people who've never heard and actually might be super hostile. Things that, like, I've never even come close to doing. And I, I so admire Caleb for doing that. I admire others of you. Maybe even you are like, man, that's what I want to do. I want to take the gospel to the nations. And I love that. I just want to make sure we all know that that. God has very important kingdom work for us to do right here in our very normal, maybe seemingly unadventurous lives. In fact, it's probably work he wants us to do before he gives us something even greater. Maybe we would see it as greater at least. And that, and that work is to love one another. And uh, I just want to just today talk about one way we can do this and one way we can actually tear each other down, and that's humor. Um, if you know me, um, you know that I like, to, I like to be funny. I like to tell jokes. In fact, my, I asked my wife the other day, like, and we were talking about, you know, we were high school sweethearts, if you didn't know that. And, and we were talking about, like, like, what, like, initially attracted you to me? And I'm like, well, you were gorgeous and um, out of my league. And I thought, well, this will be a challenge. Um, and she had many other great qualities, too. Of course, her answer to me was, well, it was nothing about your looks. It was, you were funny. Like, you made me laugh. Um, and so for, for her, like, humor was you know, an important quality. And I would say for all of us, right, we love to laugh. 
That's why I love working here because like there are some super funny people here. Like you guys know some of your teachers are absolutely hilarious. Some of you are hilarious. And most every day, even days that are really hard, I can, I can think of a day where I just, I just spend some time laughing. And there's something about laughter that, that, that God gave us that just makes life better. In fact, in, in Proverbs, I think it speaks to this. Maybe not to humor specifically, but I think humor is a part of it. It says, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Other translations say a joyful heart, a happy heart, a merry heart, a cheerful heart. Lots of things can make us joyful and happy and cheerful, but certainly humor is one of those things. So right now, like, with the person next to you, I'm not asking you to tell a joke, okay? What I'm, I, wanna, I want you to just talk to someone next to you and say, like, when's the last time you remember laughing so hard you could hardly breathe? Like, when did that last happen for you? It's something you said. Yeah. Okay, hey, how many of you, how many of you had something this, this week, right? Something this week that was so funny, so funny that you could hardly breathe, right? It's amazing, like, like something chemically, something chemically actually happens in our body when we laugh that actually, like, like physically makes us feel better. It's, it's actually good and healthy for us. And I 100% believe that that is something God created in us. And, and when we get to the new heaven and new earth, right, and all things are new, I think we're going to laugh all the time. And I think we will enjoy as part of God's perfect creation and perfect relationship with him and others, we will enjoy humor. Um, and and it, just, it just struck me as I was thinking about this, like it, it's something that like humans do that other creatures don't. Now, I, I maybe, maybe you could point to certain creatures that are playful and they do things and maybe there's a little bit of stuff, but you know, like when's the last time you just saw like a bunch of deer doing stand up, you know, like they're just, you know, one, one deer's talking to others and you know, it, it's something unique to us, this thing of humor. And the way, you know, we can sit there and watch silly cat videos and just laugh because, like, this is ridiculous and funny. So humor is important, and, and I have seen you guys over and over again use humor to welcome people, to cheer people up, to lighten the mood, to help people get through something that's very heavy, to include people to bless each other. I've seen it. I've experienced. I've had students. Sometimes it's my D group. Where are my D group guys? Sometimes I'm having a bad day and it's like, you know what? I just know when I get to D group, there's going to be things to laugh about. Um, and, that, and that makes me look forward to the time I have with those guys. But there's a flip side of this, right? And it's, 
just like most everything else in creation, I should say, everything else in, in God's world is sin and the fall has marred and warped humor so that it can also be used and wielded as a weapon of destruction. As good as humor can be to improving life and relationship and creating community, it is just as powerful to hurt, harm, and destroy. And because I care about all of you, I need to be honest with you, is I, I see that happen here all the time. And it grieves me. And so I want to spend a little time talking about like, what's going on with that and what can we do about it. And, and I really want you guys to be thinking about three questions as I spend about ten more minutes talking about this topic. The first question is, and really think about this, are you aware of the impact your and your friend group's humor is having on those around you? Are you aware? Maybe on the positive side, but also on the, the, the negative side. Have you given thought to how your jokes, what you laugh at, your humor, how that is actually hurting the people in your friendship group or those around you? Second question. If you are aware, do you care? Like, are you at a point in life you're like, I totally know that I, like, sometimes I'm a jerk with my jokes, and guess what? I don't even care. If, if, you're, if you're there, I just want to plead with you, don't stay there. Your heart is hard, and you will continue to harm people and relationships, and at some point, you won't have very many of them anymore. Okay? I hope that's not the case, that you actually are aware and you don't care. But let's say you are aware to a degree and you care, so then here's the tougher question, at least it is for me. If my clicker works... Oh, it wants me to do something. Sorry. There we go. When you must choose between the feelings and well-beings of other people or getting a laugh, which can help increase your popularity or at least make you feel like you're fitting in, what do you choose in those moments, typically? I can point to many moments in my life as a teenager, and even as an adult, where I chose selfishly for people to laugh at me, to be a part of the joke, knowing full well that what was being said was hurting somebody. And I'm ashamed of that. I also know there's been times where I have chosen those moments to, to not do that, to value the other person and their well-being more than the joke. And those times I feel strong. I feel courageous. What do you do in those moments? And I'm not just talking about the people that tell the jokes. I'm talking about all of us. What do we do? 
So as we go through kind of some types of jokes I want to challenge you with, I want you to be thinking about these questions. The first one, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I think most of you, you probably know when a crude joke is being told. Uh, where it's, it's, it's harsh language, coarse language, uh, often sexually inappropriate and, and offensive. Jokes that are, sometimes they're called dirty. And I'll just tell you, the scriptures speak to this. Ephesians 4.29 in the message says, Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps each word a gift. And then Ephesians 5, 3 through 4. But among you there must be not even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. And it says, nor should, nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, coarse joking, which are out of place. But rather we should have thanksgiving. So I just, I would ask you to reflect on your conversations in your circles, right? Whether it's with your whole group of friends, certain friends, friends here, friends elsewhere. How, how often are crude, coarse jokes slipping into your conversation? Has that become like, if you're honest, that, that's the pattern. That's almost where we go all the time. That's the type of memes we look at. That's the type of, of shows we laugh at. And I would encourage you, understand what you're doing to yourself and others. And just be aware. Scriptures speak very clearly to you and me about this. And I I know from listening to you guys, this is part of our community. It's part of my high school experience. And I I never look back and think, oh, yeah, that that really helped me. That helped my friendships. That helped my relationships with with the opposite sex. That helped my relationship with anybody. It it never did. It always hindered. And I just say that this is not like a new thing, guys. This has been around in our world since, since the fall of mankind. But it is very normalized in our society. It's okay. We're not supposed to be like the world. So crude jokes. The other, uh, the next set I want to, I, I didn't really know exactly what to call these, but I'm going to go with the time. Jokes that are intent, um, are meant to harm. These would be jokes that when you say them, or when you laugh at them, there, there's no question in your mind that, that the joke is, is disrespecting, tearing down, belittling, hurting somebody or a group of people. Now, they might not be there. You might not be telling the joke to them. But you know, if anybody heard that you said that, they would be, they would be totally hurt by it. Raise your hand if you've ever had someone say something to you in humor or you heard they said something that really hurts you. Like, that hurt me. I'll give you an example of my life. And, and I'll, just, I'll just be honest with you. This is the point of vulnerability for me. Uh, when I was growing up, and, and some of you might even laugh now, um, um, one of the things I was, I was very anxious about was I had big ears. Okay? So 
fourth or fifth grade, I'm at the community swimming pool, and I had just sort of gotten to the point where I was super comfortable going off the high dives, which you don't really have a lot of high dives anymore because, like, people get hurt, and then they sue the pools, and so most cities have, like, we're not going to do, the, like, the big high dives. We'll go with the lower dive. But at that pool at that time, you know, high dive, people jumping off, and there was tons of high school kids around. And uh, as I was climbing up the high dive, so there's a lot of stairs, right? So it takes actual time, and the lifeguards never let you go up until um, the other person drops off. And I'm climbing up, and this high school kid yells out, hey, Dumbo, are you sure you want to do this? You might not come down. Now, some of you are like, ah, that's kind of funny, right? Here's the thing. For me, I can look back on that now and, and laugh, but for me at that time, that was devastating. So as, as a young kid, high school kids all laughing, everybody's laughing, I don't even jump off the board. Like, I just, I just come off the high dive, I leave the pool, and I'm just so embarrassed, feel so ashamed, so insecure. And that, like, that stuck with me. Like, I'll be honest, if, if, if someone makes a comment about my ears today, um, I can handle it. It doesn't, like, take away my value, but, but, but there's still a wound there from that, from that specific moment and others. Okay? And some people say, well, hey, that's a part of growing up. You got to take that stuff. You got to, like, like, understand that life's hard. I, I, I agree, right? But that's not, like, what God has called us to do to each other. He says, blessed are you when you face trials of many times and when you have to overcome persecution, but it's not like we should persecute each other so that God can bless us through it. So my question to you is, is do you a lot in your friendship group, and I just want to give the teachers a heads up. I'm so sorry, but I'm going to take an extra five. Okay? I apologize. I'll try to move quickly. How often do you guys make jokes about people to people where like you just, you're, just, you're just tearing them down? Okay. And I'll say this too, guys. Here's something I think we need to be very careful with as Christians. I see this a lot. Is we actually make really harsh jokes about people groups that don't believe and follow God's word. So maybe people who don't agree with our view of sexuality, maybe gender, and the way sometimes I hear our students talking about, or politically, maybe they don't line up with you, the way I hear people talking about them as Christians, um, I mean, if, if they were hearing it, they wouldn't want to be a Christian. Those type of jokes destroy our witness and our testimony. Okay. Now, I think a lot of, a lot of jokes and humor that harm people are actually not intended to harm. They're not malicious. And there's a gray area here, but, but, but it's more jokes made out of ignorance. The problem with ignorance, everybody, is that it still hurts people. And at some point, the person you're hurting is going to assign motive to you. So if you feel like, well, I, don't, I didn't know it hurt people. I didn't know they, that was something that made them feel that way. Well, we have to seek out and, and be cautious because ignorance is not a good place to stay. And I just, I just listed some things here 
I mean, physical appearance, I, I, I share with you, right, like the, the, the joke about um, my ears, right? I, I'm pretty sure that high school kid knew that would harm me. But there are probably other comments that people said that they didn't really intend to hurt me, but it just, it just kind of piled on my insecurities, right? Here's one that I would say um, to you guys, just to be really honest, a, a huge issue right now is, is ignorance about jokes that have to do with race and ethnicity. I hear it all the time. Yeah, they made a joke about, about race, ethnicity, and they have no idea how that, that hurts me. And the one thing, guys, with jokes is, is, is very seldom do we stand up and say, hey, can you please not say that anymore? Can you please refrain from that? That's risky. If I come to a friend or a group of people and say, when you say that, Joke. I know you're not intending to hurt me or make me feel that way, but you do. That's risky because what if that person makes that a joke? Now, I'm, now I got pure rejection. So be careful when you make jokes and everybody around you is laughing. Be careful you make a joke about race or ethnicity. And the people around you who are a different skin color than you are laughing. They're going along with the joke. Don't think, oh, everything's okay. Because I can guarantee you it's probably not. They're just like we all do. It's like, God, the best thing for me just is to laugh. The best thing is just to go along with it. Okay? That ignorance is causing people to be hurt, to to feel like they're unseen, misunderstood. Jokes about family. Jokes about not having two parents. Jokes about adoption. Even simple things about jokes about interests. People who love sports, making fun of people who are really committed to their their academics. People who get really good grades, making fun of people who care about sports, right? It's this this weird, ugly thing about us that I, I don't do that well, so I'm going to make jokes about people who do. And, and you guys all know that, right? So I want to just plead with you. If you've been making jokes about things like race, ethnicity, immigration, other things on the list, and you, and you feel like, I'm not a racist, I'm not anti-immigrant, I'm not anti-adoption, or whatever it is, I'm just, I'm just it's goodwill teasing, it's, it's probably not being received that way. And people are asking the question, do they care about me? Do they understand how this makes me feel? There should be no place for that here in our community. Last one. Jokes that last too long. I can think of a, a, a number of examples, I won't go into them, where I, I had a good-natured joke with someone. It was actually to start something that was, was, was healthy. It was fun-loving. It was teasing. We were laughing at ourselves. But the joke just never quit. It just kept going. And at some point, it really begins to weigh. I have a teacher here where the teacher finally came in to me and said, can, can you just stop? I know you don't mean to hurt me, but can you just stop with that joke? Man, I was like, thank you first for telling me, and I am sorry. Ugh, I am embarrassed that I wasn't sensitive enough to how that was making you feel. And I would imagine probably most of you would say yes, 
Like right now, there's something my friends just keep saying that I'm, I'm just so tired of it, but I don't dare say anything because then they'll make a joke about that. Just be sensitive to that as well. Some jokes, they just go too long. They just go too long. So, if you are funny, or if you think you're funny, maybe some people would disagree, um, use your humor to build people up and not destroy. Gentlemen, use your humor, humor to encourage ladies rather than to objectify them or tear them apart. Man, I'll just say that. Like I, There's nothing that makes me more angry than when guys think it's okay to talk crudely about girls in this school. And girls, I'll just say it. If, if a guy talks that way to you, do not date him until he's figured things out. Just don't date him until he's figured out how to respect women, okay? Use your humor to build up, to not tear down. And then for those of you like, I'm not the funny guy. I'm not the funny girl. I'm not the one telling the jokes. You're not off the hook. None of us are. What do you laugh at? What do you encourage? If someone's making a racial joke and you're there laughing, then you're a part of the problem. Be a part of the solution. And guys, we're all going for this. It's about loving each other. And if I can love my brother and neighbor by simply sacrificing a, a good laugh with my buddies at their expense, I should choose it every time. And God forgive me when I haven't. I'll say that again, if I can love my neighbor, my classmate, my friend, by choosing not to laugh with my friends or tell a joke that I know will get me attention, I should always choose that. And when I fail to, I should make it right. So my last thing is some of you right now may be thinking, hey, there's a couple people I've really damaged in this space with my humor. There's some people right now that I know I have, I've really hurt with my jokes. I would encourage you, go make that right. Apologize to them. Tell them you're sorry. And, and, and start loving each other well in this area. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Appreciate their patience. I'm over time, but God, I just, I, I long for us to not be like the world. God, you told us to not conform, to not have our humor match the world. You are the creator of humor. And the world has made it something different. Lord, help us to be transformed by your word, to laugh and, and, and joke with each other and encourage each other, but not do it in tearing each other down. Forgive us, Lord. Help these young people, Lord, to care if their hearts are hard. Help them to understand if they're ignorant and if they've offended, Lord, to go and make it right. For your glory, in Jesus' name, amen.